The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Josh Peck. And I'm Ben Soffer. And, and we're, we're the, the good guys. guys. There's a lot of guys out there. And we're the good ones. Welcome to the Good Guys Podcast. You know, good guys, I need to... Was that a left-handed handshake attempt? You know, he was trying to hold like your hand. There was a gesture. Let it happen. Yeah. I want to start this podcast, your podcast, by saying that I recorded a podcast in this exact studio, in that yes. exact seat, with your friend of mine, Jeff Wittick, like yes. three days ago. So, How'd that go? Well, I, I mean, I love the guy. It was but great. You know what I mean. No, I, what are you saying? Podcasts, you get an energy after. Even if you love the it's people, true. you walk away. Well, no, I think that Jeff Wittick is like one of those guys who's like got the thing. Right, because sometimes like I'll do an episode of the pod and I want to jump off the Williamsburg because <laughs> I'll just be like, that sucked. The reason why I haven't done a podcast yet is I don't trust myself mm. enough to like, like, like Joe Rogan, love him or hate him. What makes him good is more than him being interesting person. He's an interested person. Mm. He's always interested mm -hmm. in what you have to say. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes a good host. Mm -hmm. That's why Howard Stern is like the ultimate interviewer. He's so interested. And I don't trust like my own... I don't, I never shut the fuck up, man. I mean it, I don't. So I feel like if I had a podcast, I'd be like, you know, tell me about how your day. And you'd get one word out and I'd be like, let me tell you about my day. <laughs> yes. Like I'm that jerk. But Jeff Wittick is not that. He's very good. Yes. He's a, he's a great conversationalist. So it was a wonderful podcast. Did you talk about the good guys as much on his podcast as you're talking about Jeff on ours? Because I'm getting upset. <laughs> yeah, it was like two hours. You probably spent an hour, hour 45 talking about. Um, the good guys. And you're, um, I'm Josh. Just the first name, Josh. Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, celebrity. And ben, ben we talked so much about beans, about, um, yeah, yeah. you guys, yeah, what as a, you should. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that you don't like to do podcasts because you're worried you'll get canceled, like say the wrong thing. But you don't seem like a guy who worries about that. I think I, I mean, I, I do worry about that, but I think I have, I'm pretty good at saying, like, what's it like when you have like a lag before it goes live to hit the, the yeah yeah mute the button. ten second uh, yeah like so like I think my brain has like how old are you guys were the same age right ish. okay so remember portable CD players yeah when they had like the ten seconds where they would have the next ten seconds of the song queued up so if it skipped it wouldn't actually skip right so I think my brain probably has like three to five seconds queued up of what I'm going to say next to edit before I actually verbalize and it. it'll just block out intrusive thoughts there it is now but my, the intrusive thoughts are what's the most fun. I that's where that's where all the comedy comes box. from. Yeah, that's what it is. And then you get to cut it. These podcasts aren't live. That's what's so funny. You say what you want. If it was way too overboard, let me tell you a story about this guy. Real estate mogul, runs for president. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's doing this thing with his Access Hollywood guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're talking about very bathroom talk on a bus. Sure. <laughs> he too thought it was edited out. <laughs> Next thing you know. Grab them. Yeah. Mm. So I appreciate it, but I prefer to try to edit before it gets realized. That's, that's probably it's good, good advice. We should it do is. more of that. We should. We're fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my yeah. wife has done, this weekend she met someone and she said, I know your granddaughter. Your granddaughter's Jessica, right? And the woman said, no, that, that's my daughter. Mm. My wife has also done like, I had no idea you were pregnant. The woman's like, I'm, I'm not. I do that. So a my lot. wife has like the negative, uh, like she just skips. You know what I mean? There's no, 
She's got no random access memory there. She has no buffer. I was at the uh, auto show with my young Bless son, Max, because I'm all man. And I was around. <laughs> <laughs> and I run into my wife's husband. Uh, my wife's Your best wife's husband. <laughs> my wife's husband. <laughs> Dan, great guy. My wife's best friend's husband. And she had just told my wife that they were pregnant with their third baby. Beautiful blessing. Baruch Hashem. But it was very early, like. Usually you tell your friend before your family in many cases because it's so new. Mm. So they, she had told her that. She told me that. There's the husband with his father, brother, and his son. Oh, come on. And he says to me, congrats. I know Paige is, is pregnant with your second because my Paige was pregnant with our son, Shy. And I go, and congrats to you, sir, <laughs> on your upcoming child. And he goes, mm-mm. I go, whoosh. And I'm with my friend and my son and my friend goes, wait, did you just ruin this? And then my, the husband and his father and brother go, what? <laughs> and but yeah, he I didn't wrote, know? And he didn't tell you the, not to tell the parents? No, no, no. The husband knew, obviously, but he hadn't told anyone in his family yet. Oh. And his wife had told my wife. Cause it was like two months, you know, it was very early. Yeah. And my wife shared it with me, her dumb, dumb husband. And <laughs> <laughs> mind said, dumb, dumb. Hey, oh, dumb, dumb, hmm. close your big fat lips. So it was kind of on page, not on. It's all her fault. By the way, that's yeah. just not fair to you. Don't give you something like that. That wasn't your secret to keep. Oh, also, hurt. I know we're like three minutes into this, but you have said something mildly disparaging about your wife and her inability to keep her mouth shut. I said the same thing about my wife. What do we do? We're back. My, oh, wife is ready, ready? my wife is amazing. How's is, how is Paige doing? She is such a star. I'm so lucky. You know what it is? When I'm around her, it's like she radiates just a positive energy. I'm so lucky. Hey, Casey, that Maybe wife that of yours, Candace, yeah. the great. I call her Candace the great. Yeah, you're How, not alone. Is she just as great or has she superseded said greatness? I think like if I had to say something about her that is not just completely true, but that really, you know, that really confirms what you Everyone sees her as Candace the Great. You Love know, that. yeah, she's an extraordinary, extraordinary woman. Do you want to say a nice thing about your wife, Turdy Lou? In fairness, she hasn't said anything disparaging about us. It's, it's true. Smart one out of the three of us. It's yeah. true. A plus woman. She a is plus the best. And she's our boss. So. The best. The best. She's got one of the biggest podcasts in the world. She's crushing it. She does. And that's where we see real we, value. We met Casey at a random townhouse probably eight years ago what or something. Was, it wasn't so ago? random, but it was, it was like for me, for us, it was. But what random. was the agenda? Of, there was a specific yes. come so, and let's talk about Red Nose Day was the right, charity right, that right, I believe right. he either owns yeah, yeah. or ran, and it was hey, the owner of Red Nose Day would like to invite you to his townhouse for a dinner. We went, we watched a video on Red Nose Day. Casey Neistat was there, Ben Soffer, celebrity, Claudia Ashray. We were all there. And for us, it was very, very random. For Casey, it seemed to have been less random. We ate somebody's home-cooked meal. We never met them before. We never saw them again. And that was that. You know, I just want to... You're throwing that we around pretty generously. <laughs> I did continue... It makes it sound so cryptic. It was sure. like the Red Nose Day is a charity that raises funds for, I, I think... What it's like underprivileged children or I'm something. Out. It's a very no. good <laughs> It's a very good cause, but it was primarily in the UK. They're trying to bring it to the States. They brought us like social media folks together to like yeah. 
And yeah, like we were supposed to come up with ideas at that dinner, some of which came to fruition, some of which didn't. The awkwardness is that it was like, definitely we didn't know each other. And I don't think we really understood what that dinner was about. Yeah. So you're not on, you're not, you're, you're totally fair to characterize it like that. But I did stay in touch with them and I did a bunch to promote Red Nose Day. And I think we helped a lot of people. Clarifying, we as in me and my wife did not stay in touch and helped no one. <laughs> we came for the free borscht. Yeah. Casey stayed in touch, raised great money for Red Nose Day. You know, the other thing is that Akila Hughes, do you know Akila Hughes? No. Okay, she was at that dinner. Okay. And that's when she and I first met. And she and I have now had like a burgeoning, whatever it is, 10 year friendship. Wow. She and I are doing a thing together tomorrow. Holy crap, we could have so, had that. So, you know, that night, was like, it was, a, I think it was pretty fruitful beyond the delicious dinner we had. Whose fault is it that we don't have that fruitful 10 year friendship? I'll blame myself. I went into it negatively. You went into it positively. I probably had like that Eeyore cloud over my head. Like, oh no, what am I doing here? I have to donate my time. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's a great topic because you guys are New York guys. Okay. (gasps) Through and through all the way in. I am such a weirdo, but when I love something, I just want to share it. And especially when it comes to clothes, because my body is particular, it's specific. And when I find something that feels great, that fits me the right way, and I feel good in, I want you to have the same experience. And that's how I feel with Marine Layer. It's just really soft. (laughs) It feels great. It's basics. There's elevated basics with some cool patterns. But most of all, it's just like, everyday wearable stuff. And it's, I'm going to get my brother-in-law one for the holidays. I'm going to get my father-in-law a couple of their t-shirts. They're a cool San Francisco based brand. And for you guys, our listeners, you'll get a 15% off discount with our exclusive link. So just go to marinelayer.com slash goodguys15. But whether you're into you know, vintage looking stuff or maybe something ski inspired with tons of bright colors or color blocked puffer vests. Listen, babe, go for it. I'm not like, I don't ski often. I'm I'm so happy in my t-shirt and my hoodie, but if that's you, their winter archive collection, it's sick. And the best part, they have free shipping and returns for an entire year. So if you do buy someone something, don't worry about it. You don't have to worry if it's the wrong size or color or anything like that. And I, I think we can all admit that great gifts can be hard to find, but look no further than Marine Layer. For a limited time, get 15% off at marinelayer.com slash goodguys15. That's marinelayer.com forward slash goodguys15 for 15% off your entire order. Saving your closet one shirt at a time. I love Hero Bread. The good guys love Hero Bread. They are regularly a sponsor of our podcast because it is such a natural partnership. I have always loved bread. I would pick it before I would pick a dessert. But the truth is, is that I always thought it was like empty calories or I could be making a better choice with what I was eating. But gosh, it was such a guilty pleasure. Well, bread's a guilty pleasure no more with Hero Bread, right? Because it tastes delicious. I make it for my son almost every morning. He loves a toast with like butter and jam. And he never questions whether it's Hero Bread or bread that he had from, you know, years ago. Because the truth is, it tastes the same, except Hero Bread is ultra low net carbs, high fiber, and zero grams of sugar. It's got lower calories than the top selling version with five to 10 grams of protein in every serving. 
I know you're like me and you ate bread over the years and you thought one day they're going to figure out a better way to do this. Hero Bread figured that out. By the way, they have croissants or brioche cider rolls for the holidays. They have buns, wraps. My wife loves to use the wraps when she's making some sort of delicious vegan offering. So get into it. Visit hero.co and use code goodguys at checkout for 10% off your first purchase. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O with code goodguys for 10% off your first order. Hero.co, use code goodguys, 10% off your first order. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now, I am I'm from New York, but I live in L.A. now. I can never live in this place again. Now, Casey did a slight sojourn, they might say, in L.A. Okay. Mm, gave it a try. Way. Had, best shot. I mean, I'm talking, you want to talk about the digs where this guy lived? Nice. Hmm. <laughs> nice. And you said LA is not for me. We were <laughs> almost neighbor, neighbors. I'll tell that story too. But I would love to hear how uh, you- It was very good that we weren't neighbors. I don't know if you ended up learning about that house. Uh, I told you about what happened. Oh yeah. That that, so yeah, <laughs> clearly you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So quickly, uh, Casey had this sick, hmm. unbelievable, did you build the house in Venice? Uh, no, it was like a year old when we found it. We did a lot of, like, great house. Sick. Sick house. And we had a swimming pool in the kitchen. Wow. It was cool. We went yeah. over there once for a lovely Shabbat. Good Shabbat. Met our friend, well, your friend, now a friend of mine as well, Dylan Lowy. Shout out. Amazing guy. Greatest. And so I'm there, and there's this beautiful house right next door. My wife's like, I love this. We put it, we put in an offer. I'm like, I'm going to be... I'm going to have so many views just through osmosis being this close to this guy, right? Forget about the delicious Shabbat dinners. Shabbat dinners, <laughs> views, this is great. So basically what happens is, is we get the plans of the house and we find that they've totally, these grifter, yeah. goneth Scams yeah. scamsters have basically lied about the square footage. And it was like really 300 square feet less. And it wasn't a big house to begin with. It was like 2,300. So now it's like, sub 2000 hmm. it's a big hit for not a huge and there were, there were a myriad other like because they were effectively flipping it but they tried to position it as like we built this house from the ground up yes and they made it look amazing yes like this wasn't like lipstick on a pig they gave that pig a facelift it was like a full makeover it was, it was gorgeous beautiful. that house yes and we were friendly with the folks who bought it after you guys fortuitously had the whole thing fall apart on you and yeah i think that like there was a, a kind of a perpetual nonstop flow of issues. Mm. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, we... Flooding, walls, watering. Like, I, that's how I remember it. We left I, the neighborhood, like, we only lived there for 11 months before we sold the house. Well, I just remember that we we find this out. We're like, we'll still buy the house, but we'd like a reduction because mm. it's not as big as we thought. They're like... like a lawsuit and stuff? They're like, no way. So we're like, great. So we pull <laughs> out, which you're allowed to do. We use this wonderful Australian realtor, Casey Nelson. Great guy. Great guy. Shout out, Shane. 
And I remember it's like December 23rd at this point, right? And I say to Shane, because now they have $75,000 of escrow money that we had given when we originally put the offer in, right? Mm. They're holding on to my, this is hard. Your coin. Hard fought. No interest being paid. Mm. Brand deal money of mine. So we go, I say, Shane, you know, when like money's coming back, he goes, not to worry, mate. Money will be there. Happy holidays. I'm like, I don't feel good about this. <laughs> God bless Shane, who was just trying to allow us to have a nice Christmas. What he knew behind the scenes was they had said they're not getting their escrow back, which like legally, there's no precedence. It cannot happen. What, the, the, the withholding of the escrow? Yeah, they're yeah. just going to keep our 75 grand because they're pissed that we figured out their grift. And then on December 26th, Shane's like, bad news, mate. (laughs) (laughs) And we had to get a a lawyer and eventually it got worked out, but it was. was How much money did you spend trying to recoup the money? A thousand bucks. Oh, it wasn't. It was well worth it. (laughs) Fantastic. It was like a one mean letter and they were like, all right. You told me you put the guy's head in a fucking vice, man. Was that not true? (laughs) Sometimes you gotta. You gotta. But you just couldn't. You couldn't do L.A., huh? No. You were there for one year? Three. Oh, so different house. You were in that house for 11 yeah, months. Moved, and then we were there you... for like two years, eight, 10 months, years, eight months, something like that. We moved three times. Oh. Yeah, just never found it. Yeah. And we never found it. And I get it. Like, I definitely see the attraction. I understand why people who love it there love it there. My big sister lived there in Hermosa for like 15 years, something like that. And she moved away just a couple of years ago. And she's, you know, she misses it. And she's like, I think about moving back there all the time. I get the attraction. I think I, I really like, in its most kind assessment, underestimated how much I love and need New York City. Like I have a codependent relationship with New York City. I'm never leaving New York City. I'm going to die in New York City. I will never live anywhere. Like this is it. I don't want anything else. There's nothing better. You know, like the, my wife and I eloped three weeks after we met each other and, you know, got married and fell in love. And then we had to get it annulled. We like realized we didn't like each other or something. We broke up. And then we spent like a couple years completely apart, dating other people, all that. Wow, I didn't and know. Yeah, and in those two years, when we got back together several years later, we were like, you know, it was a, we took that time apart because we thought that maybe there was something that we wanted that was more than what we could offer to one another. And we were dead wrong. Like, no, this is, the grass is not greener. This is what we wanted. And I think New York City is a parallel to that. It was a good thing that we took the time to move out there. Mm. Otherwise, you're like fantasizing about something that's not real. And we did it and it wasn't real. Just like a couple of years apart. They was it real. the people? Like what What was... I mean, you really want to get me started? Because yeah, if I get we... going, I won't stop. Yeah, because we... I didn't... I, I'm being general. Like I fucking hated LA. Mm. But when I My say... Kind of guy. But when I say I understand why people like it, I'm not saying that to be disingenuous. Like, so why do you think people like it? Let's start there. Well, okay. So like I look at my kid brother. My kid brother, who's a total superstar, retired U.S. Air Force jet pilot. Wow. Who's now like, when he's like, I'm thinking about leaving the military so I can be a stuntman. And I'm like, Dean, you don't get to do that. <laughs> like you made it as a jet pilot. You don't get to then double down and be like, I get to be a stuntman. He's like fucking Thor's stuntman in the Marvel movies. Like he's as big as they come. Wow. He's a superstar. And he's LA local and New York local. 
What that means, folks, is that he can get jobs in New York as a local, so I don't have to pay extra to like put him up. That's what that means, right? Right, fly him. Yeah, yeah. So when you do that, you're more attractive to LA productions and New York productions. But he's out in LA 80% of his time because he likes his friends out there. He likes his tennis year round. The quality of life, he says, is better. He has like tighter friend groups out there. He finds it to be more social. He likes his surfing. He likes his cycling. My other brother, my big brother Van loves living in, in Topanga. He loves like the remoteness of it. People that he meets, the weather, like all of that. My big sister loved the beach, like her friend group going out, like the sort of that, that vibe and that thing. They love that. And I get it. Like I completely get it. I have people who are like, I could never leave LA and I totally get and understand. I just have like next to no value on any of those things. Mm. You know, it's the same thing as when people say I could never live in New York City. I would never push back. Right. It is fucking disgusting in New York City. Chaos. But it the best kind of chaos. Chaos all the time. It's filthy. Yeah. It's physically filthy. But I think it trains you to see through filth and find just what is fucking amazing about life. Like yeah. I took the subway here and it was fucking disgusting. But I don't know. I I got here and it's great. Like sure it was like grimy and gross and I actually I mean, saw a person are like cleaner I, now than they've ever No. Not no. <laughs> no. People they're, they're, train they're, 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 to ride them. they're disgusting and there was actually probably a mid 70s man with a walker that I watched walk up to the in between the trains move switch carts with his walker. Hell yeah. <laughs> Isn't that epic? Respect. Isn't that epic? So, I don't know. I love the grime. I, I me love too. It. Me too. He, you can shit on the subways, but like Andrew Schultz wanted to make a promo video for his, he's, he's headlining Just Madison Square Garden. Sold out in two hours. Yeah. I'd say because of your video, which was sick. That. Really he's well like, done. he's like, what can we make? And I was like, I've got this video I've always wanted to make. I was like, we've got to make it in the subway. And he was like, okay. And we like dropped everything and went and did this whole production that day in a New York City subway where like we were taking over train after train after there's one shot where the doors open and he comes walking out, which means I had to be on the outside of the train car. Wow. You know how hard that is the yeah. time? We had to like- And which car? Well, that's what we were doing. Like I would get in that run, go one stop and then I'd see him pulling up and I'd like run and wait outside. Then the door would open and get it. And I'd be like, that didn't work. And I'd run and jump back in the car and be like, wait, you get the next train. Same spot. And we just did that up and down the island like all wow. day. And we're interrupting people. We're screaming. We have boom boxes to try to match audio. We're in everyone's way during rush hour. No one gives a shit. No. Like the cops showed up once so they get a selfie with Andrew. Like no one <laughs> cares. Moreover than no one cares. No one said, what are you guys doing? It's just New York. You're like, of course that's what you do. You're shooting some sort of music video on the subway. Have a nice day. Like, leave me alone. I'm reading my book. I'm listening to my podcast. And I think that is the thing that, like, I haven't lived everywhere in the world, but I've spent tremendous amount of time. I used to work in Paris in the 2000s. Like, my wife's South African. Her family has a, a place that we spend a lot of time in in Cape Town. Amazing city. Like, everywhere. Rio, Chicago. Like, I've been all over the world for extended amounts of time. That thing, and I can come up with 50 more of those, I've only found it to the degree that it exists, like, in New York City in such like a profound level. So you moved from New York to LA. We're just gonna talk about New York, LA the whole time. I'm never and going you don't back. miss it. <laughs> I'm never coming back. It's you're not habitable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Because you get all the luxuries of a major, extremely major top five city with also a little bit of the, the pleasantries and the civility of the suburbs of like getting that, like- For sure, the being beaches. Being able to park, the, yeah. being able to like, Walk around, walk around a grocery store that doesn't smell. 
Like, you can't show me a, a Gristidis or a Food Emporium out here. By it the way, it just doesn't have a slight rank. You're aging <laughs> yourself or dating yourself. Both of those out of business. Completely out because of business. because yeah. they Gone. did have extreme rank and for, and for whatever reason. Also, yeah. out of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're talking about, you're, it's on 34. No, they're out of entirely. Then you're like, that's yeah, the we'll, last we'll, one on earth. We'll, we'll swing by Dean like, and DeLuca on our way up there. It's been gone <laughs> since 2009. You're, you're like Dean and DeLuca. Oh, there's I used no, to love the oh, Blockbuster on the corner. <laughs> oh, and you don't go to Cantor's Deli either? <laughs> <laughs> have, you been, have you been to Wegmans? <laughs> you guys, you it just got like, the first Wegmans here, right? We have a couple now. It's like the four seasons of grocery stores. You see what they're doing with fish? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You saw this? They're taking Otoro. They're getting the belly of the tuna and they're giving it to people in a Wegmans. You can go get great Otoro in Wegmans. Yeah. I know, but this is a big deal to you guys because you're living in a cesspool. Where are you getting Otoro at your grocery store? Oh boy, oh, am I getting Toro. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a common occurrence in LA because we can, we, I get it. But yeah, I just don't. How many times uh, has your house or apartment or car been robbed? Well, I know let's you get dealt in, with let's it. Get in, let's get into that. Well, compared to New York? Yeah, I don't even lock my house here. My house is unlocked You live right in now. a doorman building. <laughs> my, my you have a security guard in the lobby. My, my, point, ex my point exactly, Josh, that we have created an environment here. No, New York is dangerous as fuck. Like, that's a hard card to play. I love talking about Element because I use it every day of my life. The truth is, is that most of us aren't getting enough electrolytes. Most of us aren't hydrated. And we wonder why we feel fatigue, why we get that fog that hits us at 11 o'clock in the middle of the day and leaves at four. And suddenly you're like, where did my day go? I swear to you, there was like a couple months stretch last year where I was like, am I depressed? And I was depressed, but also, no, I'm kidding. I just, I wasn't being properly hydrated. And then maybe you get weird headaches out of nowhere or muscle cramps that all can be related to, to lack of electrolytes, lack of hydration. And that's where Element comes in. It's going to help with all that. It's a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, 60 milligrams magnesium. But here's the best part. It tastes great, but there's no sugar no coloring, no crap, no gluten. It'll fit into your low carb diet, your paleo diet, keto, whatever it is. I intermittent fast, but it's only 10 calories. So I don't sweat drinking it in the morning. Now, right now, Element's offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash good guys. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com slash good guys. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. Okay, we're all dealing with hair thinning, men and women alike, and we're not talking about it. And that's even more lonely and even more crappy. But the truth is is that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women. And if you're among them, you're not alone. Because millions of Americans, they experience thinning hair. It's, it's not only common, but it's normal. But with Nutrafol, you're going to be able to get down to the root cause of what's going on, and you are going to get a way to treat it. Look, if you've ever wished you had visibly thicker hair, or maybe stress is causing your hair to thin, 
there's multiple root causes of hair thinning and Nutrafol addresses key root causes because Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve visible thickness and strength. Now you'll go to Nutrafol.com, you'll take their hair health wellness quiz and you'll really get down to, forgive me, the root of it, right? You'll identify causes of your thinning hair and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair growth through their whole body health approach. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code GOODGUYS. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code GOODGUYS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code GOODGUYS. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I did want to, in a in an honest way, and talk about it as much or as little as you want. Obviously, with all the geopolitics going on and whatnot, and I really have to give you a lot of credit, Casey. Like, you posted a video right away that about being sort of proudly Jewish and your thoughts on the matter. And obviously, this is a very proudly Jewish podcast. But I find like in these moments, every year or two, when and you said you hate making these videos, but you feel compelled to. I'm just so in awe of the way, like, I feel like you're, you're able to frame it. You're able to educate people in a way that isn't overly intrusive, isn't overly preachy. A lot of times there's no cuts in the video. So I'd love to hear a sort of your, more of your approach to that and and how all that came to be. Well, you know, I think I I learned a lot. I made a very bad video about like the 2016 presidential election, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump. And I think my feelings in that video were how a lot of people felt, especially, you know, especially at that time. Like this was like right when the grab him by the pussy video came out, right after Trump had said some really awful things. And I mean, I I feel differently about Trump now. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying, I'm I'm certainly not endorsing him or anything like that, but I, I don't, I had fears about Trump. I think I was really caught up in sort of the hyper anti-Trumpism. You know, he's still not my favorite. I've still never voted for a Republican presidential candidate. But I definitely felt different about Trump in 2020 than I did in 2016. In 2016, like I really was on that train. I believed that hype that like he was the fucking Antichrist. And I made a very heavy-handed video about that. And I think ultimately like it was ineffective And I think the reason why I was ineffective is like, I don't know that it was true to like exactly how I felt. I think I started from a place with that video of like, how can I be as forceful as possible? And it wasn't how I would talk to you. If you came to me and you're like, what are you thinking about Clinton versus Trump? Yeah. And what's funny is I'm not like, I've known Hillary Clinton. I've met her a couple of times. In fact, I'm very proud to say once in early in my career, she stood up on a podium and mispronounced my name. <laughs> we made like a video for a nonprofit. And she was like, I want to thank Casey Neistat. <laughs> <laughs> so I've met her before. And like, you know, it's, 
you know, I, I, there was some familiarity there, but even so I didn't, it wasn't implicit endorsement of her. I was like, you know, at least she's smart. And, but I really went aggressive about mm -hmm. how my feelings towards, towards, you know, towards Trump. And I just don't, I don't think it was effective. I think it felt dishonest. And I think like beyond how crazy the sort of the MAGA supporters were then and how much they went after me personally, that bothered me less than like me recognizing that there was some truth in the critique. Mm. You know, mm. it's like YouTube comments only hurt when they're, when they're, when they tell you the truth. Yeah. Like you've put on a couple, Josh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I know. That hurt. So I don't know. So I, I learned a lot from that and I felt, I do feel like it was kind of a, there was something dishonest about it. there were edits in that video. And then, you know, when things like George Floyd happened or when things like, you know, the 2020 election happened. And again, I sort of felt that it was appropriate, necessary to speak up. I think that you have an obligation when you have an audience that to talk to them about not just fun things or like buy this new phone I'm endorsing, but like, here's how I feel right now to take a more thoughtful approach to it. And yeah, like I don't, like I try not to do a cut. I'd rather re-record the whole thing. I want you to know that I'm speaking to you. I'm not reading off a script or trying to edit this or optimize this for views or sensationalism or anything like that. And this in particular, the video about, about Jewishness that you're referring to in particular, you know, I recorded that in the immediate aftermath of October 7th. I, I, October 7th was a Saturday, right? Yep. Yeah. And I recorded that video, I believe on like a Wednesday, which was kind of the first day I was back in New York in my office. And certainly before things got as noisy as they are right now is, is like, messy as they are right now. There was still a lot of ambiguity then, and there was still a much greater sense of sympathy then towards the Israelis and the Jewish people in general. But I think what I said in that video then, which is that like, this is a fuck all complicated issue. We're talking about 3000 years of disputed land here. We're th like, this is a wildly complicated, but what's not complicated is siloing the anti-Semitism mm. and what that means and what that means here and what that means everywhere. And speaking up about that is the most important thing right now that we can do. And I feel that that message and that feeling that I had then, three weeks ago now, is more relevant three weeks later yeah. because it was almost prophetic. Like I, I didn't think of it as prophetic. I wasn't like, this is going to get bad and all these fucking anti-Semites are going to crawl out of their graves. Like I had no idea that it was going to be like it is right now. And right. it's shocking. Yeah. But it does, when I look back at that, I'm, I'm glad I made it. And I'm glad I was just, you know, as, as truthful and as honest as I could in the words that I chose, because I, I do think the relevance of that has gotten, unfortunately, much greater than, than even when I recorded it. What we all knew subconsciously as Jews as that was unfolding was there's only a matter of time before the narrative shifts. And so I think people were very quick, you, myself, and real just proud Jews in general wanted to make sure that everybody understood this was unprovoked and what you're going to see is going to happen from this. There's going to be a response and it's just going to turn anti-Semitic. And that's exactly what's going to happen because it happens every time. And somehow, some way, the conversation, and again, we don't have to talk about this the whole time, but the conversation mm -hmm. goes away from there are 240 hostages and we need to get them home to here's the response to trying to get them home. And it's no longer about Jewish lives at all. It's no longer about... Israelis. It's no longer about the people at this music festival that weren't only Jewish. It's it, it it's no longer about that. It's only about the response while the hostages are still there. And I think we just knew it. We were talking about this with with um, Chris Stefano, but why is it 
part of the crazy people handbook, there's only three things people talk about. The FBI's out to get me. The government's out to get me. Those pesky Jews. <laughs> Why is it? I'm just like, pick you know, a new group. I, Test, uh, blame the Mormons. <laughs> like, can we find a new group? It's, it's a losing battle. I have like a very nihilistic take on anti-Semitism that, you know, I'm not proud of, but I think it's rooted in reality. And just the idea that like, you know, idealism and ideals that I think our generation or generations just slightly younger than ours have been raised in, in these very coddled, very warm, very safe yeah. American lives where like we do have like as much bullshit surrounded sort of the woke movement. I think what the woke and wokeism represented was just like, we've come so far as a society that like now we can focus on these things that if we were at a global war, if it was World War II, yeah, nobody would be arguing about pronouns, but clearly like these words matter to some people. Sure. And we're at such a place in society that we can focus on these things. Yep. And I think that that represents just how safe and warm we got. And the reality is like, it takes an event like that, like a horrible terrorist attack against an ethnicity solely because of their ethnicity Yeah. to reveal that like, no, nope, nope. Idealism is warm and safe and lovely but it is ideal. And reality, history, 6,000 years of recorded history since the, Humerian, since the Sumerians reveals that like, no, humans are fucking violent. Hmm. History is violent. Violence is going nowhere. We are a warring species. Like we don't have as much hair on our bodies as we did when we were fighting with sticks and stones, but we are still just fucking animals. And that's not going to change. Could you imagine fighting with sticks and stones? Like, <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. Oh, Rick's got a boulder. You know? <laughs> I know, you know, but it's like, if you had to choose between sticks or stones or like yeah, M1 Abram tanks. Not great. Yeah, not a great trade. I don't know that I want to go up against a tank. <laughs> but there's a great quote of um, good men sleep soundly in their beds because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf. Yeah. And- it's sort of becoming, you weren't expecting a quote like yeah. that. Huh? <laughs> that was uh, nice. I keep that one. And it was marinated. Ready to yeah. go. <laughs> I, was, I was rethinking it throughout Casey's talks. I'm like, I don't want to stumble here. Hey, Casey, you, I'd like to, I hate that I'm pivoting out of the Jewish portion of this Here podcast is, yeah. and going where's, to money. Where's this going? <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> but I, I'm just trying to know, like, your supremacy, your ability in which to, like, navigate. I just, I respect you as a person, as a dad, and, and as a filmmaker, as an artist, but so much so as a businessman. And I feel like that's rare, where someone has, like, a great artistic talent, and it's also married with an ability to navigate the business take care of opportunities and let's just cut right to it. Become rich, 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 rich. So tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, I've never felt more poor since coming back to New York. It's um, my trajectory in New York. Is like I moved here with, with like I live in an SRO on the Upper West Side with no bathroom and no, no kitchen. It was like a halfway house. It was undocumented immigrants. And then it was people who'd just been let out of jail that were on parole. That's who lived in this. I remember like taking my baby Owen at the time to go to the bathroom down the hall and going to the bathroom, it was just covered in blood. Ooh. And we had to like go to the next floor to go to the bath. Like that's where I lived. And before I left New York to move to Los Angeles four years ago, you know, we lived in like our fancy high rise with a doorman. So it was like that journey was so palpable. Mm. Then we moved to LA and came back and now it's just like the new norm. Like I'm not that on welfare teenager 
teenage dad anymore with the no bathroom. But like I'm a 42-year-old father of three who's like has financial security and all of this shit. So it's it's a very weird perspective. It's a weird place to be. It's like New York, there's a saying and it goes, New York's a wonderful place to be when you're young and broke or when you're older, rich, mm. old and rich rather. And owning that I'm in the second part of that. Like what I love about New York now is like like my comfort level, like my kids... Hebrew school, their ballet class, their swim class, their day school, like their favorite grocery store, their favorite restaurant. It's all within a scooter ride of our apartment. And that's like wonderful. But I think New York has this, this kind of leveling effect. Like when you're in LA, you get into your like, what do you drive? You have a, Pen a Bentley now, right? Yeah, Continental <laughs> GT. So you're in your Continental GT and like, I know how dark you keep your windows so you don't have to see the homeless people banging out limo the for money. Limo tent. But in New York, like <laughs> you were just saying, like you took the subway down here. This is such a <laughs> rare. I just want to be clear. Rare. <laughs> right. The helicopter couldn't fly today. But like <laughs> the city has such like a, it's sort of just like a neutralizing effect. Like the dude I'm in line with behind at the grocery store to buy my M&Ms, like, you know, he's like a construction worker. And like the people that I like pass by to come here, like you're just surrounded by people. We're all in this together. So the idea of like the financial security I have now and how foreign it was to a 20 year old me. I think it, it, New York has a way of kind of stripping the relevance of that away. Yeah. I go to bed every night in a wonderful apartment. I don't have to worry about my children's safety. I don't have to worry about what we're gonna eat next. Like my wife and I can, we don't, but we can do like Grubhub like seven nights a week and we could probably afford that. Sure. You know, like those are wonderful luxuries. But like the day to day, I still work out of the same office that I worked in 20 years ago when I was like a 21 year old kid, like I'm in the same physical space. Yeah. Like I don't worry wow. about rent now as much as I did back then, but like the lifestyle hasn't changed so much. These shoes were like, uh, these sneakers are like, the, these are the American made New Balance. So they're like 200 instead of a hundred. That's awesome. Yeah. That I can American afford. Made. Yeah. But yeah. like for the most part, like I think that's part of the reason why I like New York. Cause I just, you're able to feel normal here. Like those socioeconomic divides. I felt were so bold in Los Angeles. They are. They're so well defined. For <laughs> <laughs> okay. Josh built a wall around his house. <laughs> I don't have room. I don't have the land for a yeah. wall. Um, <laughs> Casey, I feel like you're so. We do speak pipes where people call and ask for advice. What is speak, speak pipe? I've never heard that term before. We have our listeners go on. No, I know what it is. <laughs> oh, speak pipe is an app. It's that an app. Facilitates it for it you. It facilitates okay. the phone yeah, call. That's all I was curious. You have a better one. No, it sounds usable. I just, I didn't know if that good. was like a term. Podcast voicemail. We could make our own. <laughs> okay, here we go. That's it. From Kelly. Josh, give us an update oh. on your eye surgery. I had eye surgery. It's not important. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Casey. You I can't have eye surgery. And I had my, I had Lisa. a bit of a procedure, no, for my under eye bags. You had plastic surgery? I okay. <laughs> we got to get this guy out of LA, my fucking God. He's going to get By the, the way, lips next. His under eyes do look amazing. They're amazing. Josh, they I'm look good. Again. They looked good before too, though. I don't know that I'm, I mean. I could show you the before. <laughs> my feeling about <laughs> cosmetic surgery in general is that if it makes you feel, it's the same way I feel about makeup. Mm. I'm really attracted to girls that don't wear makeup. Pamela Anderson is hotter now. You know, she doesn't do makeup anymore. That's Love like her it. new thing. And she's hotter than she has ever been. Yeah. But if someone feels beautiful and they put on makeup, then I say more power to them. Plastic surgery, I'm not a big fan of, but if it makes you feel beautiful, then fucking God bless. 
Your facelift looks fantastic, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look a day over 28. You're in film. I had directors of photography saying to me, it's getting hard to light you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Do you have a before and after? Yeah. Was there like knives involved? Was like a real thing? <laughs> it's getting it's hard like to light big, you. It's not like, I don't know about knives, maybe like small, like very low level lasers <laughs> were involved. But it, that, it looks amazing. It needed to be done. A lot of people have had it done. People I won't name, but it's very common in my business. If I get plastic I surgery, I would like to get a nose job to make my nose bigger. You should. I and did you, know, have, have you ever thought about a nose Fucking job? Full I don't think Jimmy Durante. No, no, God, are you crazy? My wife's been asking me to get a um, for a while. A nose job? No. Uh, oh, vasectomy. <laughs> but no, you don't want. You're I'm not shutting down. Terrified. You know how hard it was Too to scared. find a. Orthopedic, no, what's the teeth surgeon called? Orthodontist? No, the surgeon. Periodontist? Uh, to get max, my wisdom teeth out. facial surgeon. I think it's a periodontist. I wanted to get my wisdom teeth out. I had to work hard okay. to find someone who would do it without putting me under. Oh, you're wild, bro. That's that Laird Hamilton shit. No, you I want, just you like, want to be prove, under. Why? I heard your teeth cracking. It's terrible. I, I did it totally awake. I just, it's not, I don't, I'm not a glutton for pain. I'm just terrified of medicine in general. Mm. I'm a new what man. am I looking at right here? <laughs> oh, that's the wrong photo. <laughs> <laughs> that was the day. Be, that was the day of the surgery. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Don't even, because it's really gonna hurt me if I spent ten grand for nothing. It's much better. What do they do? That's the thing. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Crazy, right? They made him feel great. It's you're, he's saying. <laughs> shut up. He's saying that because there's no scars. Wait, don't squint. Uh, <laughs> Clip this. If it makes you feel good, shut up. It's let me so say, much better. Let me see. I've seen, but I, I, it's been a while. Let me see. I well, mean, Josh, you're just like a super handsome oh, yeah. guy. It's there. Walk me look through. Look at these. You, these bags don't exist anymore. So, like a puffiness here. Yes, it, a that's herniation. exactly it. <laughs> the puffiness, where you permanently look exhausted. Right, which I've had, by the way, like since I was six. Which I think I have right now. Mine aren't great. No, they're great. And you got... No, they're puffy, you see. No, you're perfect. Can I get your facelift guy? Why? Where did we... How did we get here? Let's, let's uh, do We accidentally pipes. listened to that speak pipe. Hi, good guys. My name is Brooke. Question for you. My husband does this thing where... Brooke, um, pick up the pace. Anything that I have as an ailment or... <sighs> Brooke... Emotionally, Holy like if I say shit, I'm really Brooke, tired, Brooke, I'm on your husband's side already. Good, you think that? Me with more tiredness, more not feeling goodness, which is okay. But I'm pregnant, and oh, when Fucking I say piece I'm tired, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Come back. My whole body hurts, and he says mine too. Oh, it really God. makes me want to slam his head into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Am I being too much of a NBW. What is NBW? Maggie, Maggie bitch wife. wife. Uh, or is this justified? So let me know. As can I? Uh, huh? Oh, did I get him? Oh my god, he could be in my hand. Squeeze it so hard. No. It's, <laughs> Fuck. it's never gonna be in your hand. No, I was like so close though. Brooke, as a father of three, I like when your wife is pregnant. It is just you open the gates of empathy. Mm fake empathy yes and you don't close them until the child is like seven years old it's just what you have to do it doesn't mean you're necessarily completely right brooke or that he's completely wrong but 
Brooke's husband, if I can speak to you, mano y mano, your life will be made easier if you just validate what she's going through. You know, like when I tried to explain to Candace how much harder the pregnancy was for me than whatever <laughs> she had to go through. No, because I had to witness it. You know what I mean? Sure. Poof. Tough. A lot. Tough. No, like all we have to do is show, we have to do one, one really fun thing. It's so fun. And then we hang out for nine months and then we get a kid. That's the, for, the shit that a woman has to endure to bring a child into this world as a husband, as a supporter, as a partner. You just validate their feelings, yes. right? Validate them all oh the time. God. It's right? not easy. No, you have to saying, shut your ego down as a man. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up and just, just validate, especially like if she's pregnant, man. But your life is so much easier when you validate pregnant, not pregnant. Wife doesn't feel good. I'm so sorry. How can I help you? Your life is so much better. Yeah, because it's all, I mean, man right? or yeah. woman, husband or wife, all, all anybody wants is to feel heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're, especially like the vulnerability of a, of a pregnant, like my, my wife is pregnant, she's so vulnerable. Just make her feel heard. Me too. My ankles are swollen. Me too. All right, Tubby. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife, I remember at like five months was like, I can't breathe. And I was like, oh, word? Basically, the baby was resting on her diaphragm, and which Ooh. is a normal occurrence. And she spent the next four months not really taking a, a deep breath. So I was like, babe, whatever you need. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is what women are doing for the world. I think so, like on a scale of one to jerk, I was like a six for my older daughter and then like a one or a two for my, like I was, it took the first pregnancy, like to empathize with Brooks. It is husband. It is like tough. You know, it's tough to mm. be that, to be kind of as selfless as possible. Yes. But like this, you've learned pretty quick that it's completely necessary and justified. They're making a baby. They yeah, can't breathe. The There's a human in their body resting on their diaphragm. It's All wild. we have to do is like go pick up lunch. And we get to eat it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like sweet greens. Oh yeah. Should we end with our what are you nuts moment of the week? Please. Can, oh, yeah. Please. Explain. No, you Ben, you, you go. You're better. People, places, and things gripes with humanity. You came here, you commuted, you saw something and you're like, what are you nuts? I mean, I've got one. I'm not sure if it qualifies as nuts, but... Am I? Well, you know, I mentioned I was in this studio here. We're on Canal Street in, in New York City's Chinatown. I was here the other day and I was here. We were talking mostly about marathoning. So you just did the New York City Marathon. And I was with my buddy Hunter, who's in, like a superb athlete and ran the New York City Marathon as well. And we walked out of here and there's a brand new KFC downstairs. Now, I didn't know that KFC existed in New York City, in Manhattan. I don't think I've ever seen one. My office is a block from here. And we walked by it and we're like, can't imagine living in New York and eating that crap. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. And then today I was like, do you even get lunch yet, man? And he was like, nah, what are you thinking? And I was like, KFC. <laughs> and he was like, dude, I could never eat that garbage. And it made me feel, feel like shameful. Made me feel like bad. Yeah. Like a weak, small man. Is that a what are you nuts thing? Can be. Okay. It can be. Yeah. That's a good one of you nuts. Yeah, I've been thinking good. about it all day. What are you nuts? I didn't. I went and got a healthy lunch. Felt bad. Still feel bad about it. Shouldn't go hit up, get some tenders and go. some taters. And they no, never, that's like I'm picturing myself friend. in like Canal Street, KFC in the corner it's by great. myself. Like dipping the chicken tender into the yeah. gravy with the, like you, you take the tender into the mashed potatoes with gravy. Take a statin and like, before and live your life. Okay. Do it. 
Raising Canes is in the city now too. Should have texted you guys. Yeah, we would have. We're always down. I'm down for a Let's good do time. It. I'm down to eat something and then immediately regret it. That's the only way is about. You don't even finish KFC before the regret sets in. That's the thing about KFC. Yeah, that should be their new slogan. The regret hits quick. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> My what are you nuts moment last week I took, I have a dog, King Charles Cavalier, really a son to me. <laughs> took him to the vet. We're sitting there and there are other dogs in the waiting room. It's a dog waiting room. And there's a dog, his name is Rufus. And the nurse comes out and Rufus barks. And the owner of Rufus turns to the nurse and said, oh, he must be barking because the last time he was here, you stuck your finger in his ass. And she's like, she's talking to you? No, no, no. The dog. Oh. Reset. Did I not explain it properly? Whose finger went in whose ass? Nurse's finger went in Rufus's okay, ass. I the missed dog. the whole thing. Okay. With my dog. King Charles. King Charles. Waiting room. Other dogs. Dog parents with the dogs. Nurse comes out and the dog Rufus barks. Okay. 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 And Rufus's owner says to the nurse, oh, must be because the last time he was here, you stuck your finger in his ass. Clear. Right. Very, very loud. That's the whole thing. What are you, nuts? Why are you screaming that? About this poor nurse, she's just doing her job. I don't think that's why Rufus barked. I think Rufus barked because he's in a room with dogs and there's treats. He didn't see the nurse think, oh my God, PTSD, this woman expressed my glands and put her finger in my ass. Right. What are you, nuts? The way you delivered that joke is he should have nudged his wife or his yeah. husband or whatever and said, maybe he's barking because last time we were here, she shoved his finger in his... You don't yeah. humiliate yeah. someone. Correct. What is you it? don't publicly nuts. humiliate the nurse at the no. at the vet. Get that at the woman, vet. It was nuts. Get that woman some KFC. Quickly, my... What do you nuts? I just realized because right before I went through the Holland Tunnel, I went to a gas station. Hey, New Jersey, only having full service gas station? What are you nuts? Hate it. It used to be because of carjackers. Is that so, why they did that? Yeah, so people wouldn't get out of their cars. It was all safe. You keep it locked. Car gets gassed up. But now, now I got to have extra interaction with Rick, yeah. who's here, and he's not having a great day. And I'm like, do I tip Rick? Of course I tip Rick. I tip, I tip the barista for nothing. <laughs> Rick. Right, Rick, Rick, at least Rick did something. Rick wants a fiver, but I'm like, but I didn't choose this. I would be pumping my own gas. I'm a, what are you, nuts? New what are you, Jersey? nuts? That was a better I mean, one. you didn't even have to say the gas thing. Just, I was in New Jersey. What are you, nuts, New Jersey? <laughs> it's fair. New Jersey's nuts. Um, my last question to you really quickly is you've flown, you've flown all over the world uh, in the sickest, mm. sickest planes, cabins, first class. I just flew here, actually. This is not an endorsement, but it should be on American Airlines flagship first class, flagship first. There's a lot of business out there. That's their, intercon that's their intercontinentals that they fly. Right. That's exactly. Yeah. This guy knows. Wow. This was a nice experience. Yeah. It felt almost like a taste of the old school. Are you here for work? What are you doing here? For this? You're looking at it, babe. So you paid out of pocket for that? I was... What are you, nuts? Shout he out didn't. Us. Shout out, American. I just want to say thank you so much. <laughs> Casey, thank you for coming. It was a spot. pleasure. Thank <laughs> you. It was pleasure. great. You're the best. Rate, review, subscribe. Five stars, anything less. What are you, nuts? Apple, Spotify, you'd know. Where else can you find podcasts? Do you listen to them anywhere other than Apple or Spotify? We never know. Are you talking to you me? You don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> no, no, nobody knows. I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you don't have anything to plug. You're a household name. You are the plug. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. it. <laughs> Nothing to plug. Please 
please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.